Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. Good morning, everybody. It's a privilege to be here with all of you as we're finishing off today our series titled Simply Jesus. And we're ending the series this week, you know, not because we've finished saying all there is to say about Jesus, of course. We could talk about him and we'll talk about him forever, but we're wanting to keep it really simple and focus on the essence of who Jesus is in a way that can help us navigate through complicated times with uh, with simplicity and focus. So we're finishing off today with a really important part of Jesus' life and character, the thing that um, really set the foundation for the, his whole ministry. And um, that was really Uh, something that took place at his baptism by John the Baptist. We've been talking about John the Baptist and his humility and um, serving Jesus and testifying and not trying to claim any of the credit for himself. And now we're going to see what exactly John's testimony about Jesus was. So to do that, we're going to look at John chapter 1. We're going to read verses 32 through 34 together. Uh, If you want to turn there with me. I'll read it a couple times just for it to sink in for us. So this uh, is in the context of John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. In verse 32 we read, Then John gave this testimony, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. I just want to read that one more time. As as I'm reading it a second time, just imagine hearing, hearing this testimony from John and what might stand out to you about it is, if you were hearing him testify about a man that you didn't know and hadn't seen, what would what would your feelings be in, in hearing this testimony? John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. There's uh, a lot to say about just those three little verses. Super important event that happened. You know, we talked about, you know, what actually happened when Jesus, you know, was baptized, but... Um, we want to go into what this means that he uh, that John testified that he was the Son of God. But before we do that, let me just pray and ask for God's blessing on what we're going to hear and read and think about today. <clears throat> so Jesus, would you reveal yourself to us through your word? We want to know about you, but more than that, we want to know you. We want to know you personally through the power of your spirit that In knowing you, we would be changed and find the strength and power to live 
the way that you want us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing that we read here in, uh, in John's testimony is that he saw the Spirit of God come down and rest on Jesus as a dove. Now, we don't know if other people could see this or if it was just a prophetic vision that the Lord had given to John, but it was a, <clears throat> a very significant image. You know, this, um, this dove had already come to be known as a picture of the Holy Spirit. You know, when um, in Genesis, when it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters before the creation of the world, the Jewish rabbis would say that he was, you know, fluttering like a dove. So they, uh, this idea of the Spirit of God as a dove would have been known. People would have known what John meant. And, you know, in American culture, we might think of dove as like a sign of peace, which it definitely is, or maybe as something that's kind of weak or, or flimsy, you know, dove seemed fragile and stuff but that that fragility is not the picture here it's a there's a gentleness and a peace but this is the the power of the holy spirit that um the people who are hearing john the baptist talk would have known about and um we got to remember to put ourselves in their position when they would hear this because we <clears throat> having known you know we we've read acts and the other books of the New Testament that talk much more about the Holy Spirit and who he is, but it's not that he was totally unknown to people that John would have been hearing about, because throughout the Old Testament we hear about people um, having encounters with the Holy Spirit, and what it would be like is they would be filled momentarily with the Holy Spirit to do something that was very important that God had for them to do. Um, and then, but it would only be a temporary thing. It would, it would be fleeting. And then the spirit would be, you know, on his way as it were, you know, lots of examples from this, you know, Elijah was, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, um, when he, uh, defeated the prophets of Baal at their little contest on the mountain and then ran down, uh, the mountain faster than a chariot, Gideon, it says, was clothed with the Holy Spirit when uh, he mustered the army to save Israel. And, and throughout the Old Testament, similar things, uh, people would be filled with the Holy Spirit and then prophesy. And then, you know, they wouldn't keep prophesying. When, the, when it was over, it was over, and they went back to how they were. And, um, <clears throat> and or they would do miraculous deliverance or any number of other things. But that was the picture that people had of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it was of a... It was of a dove, but one that might flutter away. But what John is saying here is really significant, that the Holy Spirit came down as a dove from heaven, and it wasn't just floating above Jesus' head like it might, you know, fly away at any minute, but it actually remained on him. Um, the word is abide, or, you know, like to stay, like make its home with him, like it, it wasn't going to leave ever. And this is a... This is really a turning point in the way that the Holy Spirit would relate with humanity. And I want to talk about why that is. So the word remain that's in this passage, um, it's the same one that John uses. Again, not so we're talking about John the Baptist in this passage, but John 
that wrote this book is a different John. But anyway, that John uses the same word later on when he uh, was recording Jesus' instructions to the disciples before his crucifixion. And Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. It's the same word that is uh, translated remain here in this in this uh, passage, in this verse that we're talking about today. And um, the the picture that, you know, it's like, how, how would you even do that, especially with someone who is going to die and, and go away? And the answer here is this, this dove that remained on Jesus, the, the Holy Spirit that remained on him, that took up residence inside Jesus, that's the way that we also can remain in him because that same spirit can reside in us. So when when we come to accept Jesus as Lord and, and believe that, you know, in our hearts that uh, God raised him from the dead, then this spirit comes inside us to, and not just to, you know, give us power once, you know, enough power to, to make a good confession or enough power to, you know, do some significant deed, but the Holy Spirit wants to remain in us and, and not just wants to, he does. He, he remains in us and takes up residence in our hearts. And the, uh, the thing about that is, is there's, there's so much freedom and there's so much power in that. But it's so easy to forget because we don't always feel like we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't always feel filled with the power of God. But Jesus is saying that this thing that happened with him where the Spirit came and remained on him, that's the same thing that he has for us. Abide in me and I will abide in you. It's that Spirit that was in him that he sent to abide in us. And so... As we're thinking about that, you know, we want to um, we want to be filled and and we want to allow the Spirit to work in our lives the way that Jesus did. And a great picture of the way that Jesus was submitted to the working of the Spirit is the fact that he allowed John the Baptist to baptize him. Another. Uh, Another significant word in this passage is um, John was baptizing with water, which, you know, it means what the same thing that we say and mean when we baptize people. It's a, a submersion, you know, a total enveloping. And But it also uh, is, a, is a funny word, too, because it's the same word that they uh, used at the time to talk about people who were drunk, they said they would, <laughs> literally would, the translation would be they were baptized in wine, right? And so uh, the idea being that if you're baptized in something, it fills you so much to the point that it is what comes out of you. Like a person who's drunk has no control. People say it's the alcohol talking, right? The, the same way with uh, a baptism, you know, as far as the cleansing of sins, that if this purification fills you, then it's purity that would come out of you. And when you apply that same thing to the Holy Spirit, John is saying that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, like soaked in it so much that the power of the Holy Spirit is all that could come out of him. You know, if he was a sponge, he just 
soaked it all up. And if any time anything would be squeezed out of him, it was going to be the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, I believe, is the picture that God is wanting for us of how how we are to live with the Holy Spirit. And so if, if we're not experiencing that in our lives, that feeling of being so soaked and immersed in the Holy Spirit that we can't help but like release that, the thing that we need is closer communion with Jesus. Um, we need to submit to him more like, and say, like, yes, Lord, baptize me with your, with your power, with your Holy Spirit. Soak me in it. And, and it takes a, a submission and a, and a going out of what we would normally want to do. You know, we don't really want to get dunked in water. And John the Baptist didn't even want to baptize Jesus. He said, no, this isn't right. You know, you should be baptizing me. But Jesus was submitted to the will of the Lord. And he, he did, um, you know, he took that step of submission. And so, and it's not that he earned, you know, the filling of the Holy Spirit by doing that, but he just said yes to what God wanted to do. And I, I believe that's what the Lord is calling us to do too, that he's calling us to say yes and submit. Like, where is it where you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you need to, um, you know, make a special time or place or maybe fast or pray? I mean, what is it that God wants to do to release that that river of power flowing from inside you that you'd be so soaked in the Holy Spirit that that's what would come out of you anytime um, that anything was needed from you. And that's been a challenge to me. I've been challenging myself to just spend time soaking in the, in the Lord and in his presence because I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit that way. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, I want to just address briefly that the term baptism of the Holy Spirit has come to mean a lot of things in the church. And you may have heard of that before in, in ways that didn't seem healthy, you know. And and again, it just means being filled so to the way, to the point that the Lord's power is what it has to come out of you. And it doesn't necessarily mean anything other than that. It doesn't mean you speak in tongues. And Jesus didn't speak in tongues when he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Although I'm sure Jesus did speak in tongues at some point or another because he displayed all the rest of the spiritual gifts. But it's not intrinsic to the thing. It's not any sort of ritual or display that you have to make of God's power. But if his power is in you, you'll find power not just to do miraculous things, but to do the everyday miracles of being kind to people that are annoying and, you know, listening to people who are rambling on about things and, you know, all the sorts of things that we do just to bless, you know, to serve people that can't do things for themselves or bring groceries to people in quarantine, you know, all those little things, those are the power of God flowing out through us, right? That comes from being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, and kind of thinking about those ordinary everyday moments, it's it can be easy to miss him. You know, John the Baptist almost would have missed Jesus. He says, he says twice, I wouldn't have even known that it was him. Except that the Lord gave me a clear sign that, you know, when you see this happen, this is the one and this happened with them. So I believe it. And here it is. And it's easy for us to miss those Jesus moments too. It's easy for us to not be conscious of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, but we need to pay attention to believe the things that the Lord has said to us, that when we see good fruit being produced in our lives, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. 
it's because he's filling us that you know to just believe that he is in us that he loves us and he's not going to leave us or forsake us even if we don't feel like we deserve to display his power so uh, john the baptist gives us a great example there of how jesus can be easy to miss but if we hold on in faith to the things that he's given us we'll see him and then we'll be able to acknowledge him for who he is and you know the final thing that john says i have seen and testify that this is the Son of God, and um, that he was—he was not saying that this is a this is a, a prophet or a good man. You know, as we wind down this series on simply Jesus, this is the Son of God. Jesus is the way to the Father. That he, as John said, it came before him, but. Um, but also was after him, you know, and that uh, this is this is the pre-existent God, the Word that John has been talking about through the whole beginning of his gospel here, the the pre-existent Word of God that formed creation. This is the the God made flesh, the Son of God come down to earth, and I just encourage anyone hearing this who um, hasn't you know accepted that or struggles to believe it. All it takes is for you to say yes to the Son of God. I believe that you are the Lord who came down, that you were raised from the dead, and that now you can live in me through your Holy Spirit. Um, and if you would say that to Jesus, he wants to be that for you too. He And that's what he is. That's the hope that all of us have in him, that we can be filled with his very presence, the presence of the Son of God through the Holy Spirit, um, just as Jesus was baptized in that. That's crucial for us because it's not just a spirit that's going to come and go or fill us one day and not the next. It's the, the remaining, the abiding power and presence of Jesus in our lives. And as we come to rest in that, <clears throat> not only will we experience that power, but we'll experience that confidence that knows it doesn't need approval from any other source that um, rests knowing that God will handle and make a way through circumstances even when they seem negative. These are the things that will remain and abide in us as Jesus um, gives us his spirit. And that all happened because of the spirit descending on him and um, him making that offer available to all of us, to all of humanity. So as we... Uh, as we finish up here, I, you know, there's only, there's only so much that we can talk about and learn about the Holy Spirit. You know, we want to um, finish in uh, a time of ministry, and I think we're going to have another song to, uh, to close with as well. But as we do, let's just open ourselves to be filled more and more with the Holy Spirit. I believe that, um, that God has more for us. And it's not that we, um, that we don't have him. It's just that we, uh, so easily lose consciousness of what we have and, and fail to walk in it. So as we, uh, as we close, let's just take some time in silence to, uh, to ask God to fill us and to just ha ask him to help us remember how to walk in the light of his gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, if that's true and that's in us, how should we live? 
And so let's just meditate on that for a second. And I'm just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to fill us that um, we would experience that filling that Jesus had where the Holy Spirit's power just poured out of him. So come, Holy Spirit. We know that you're here with us. We ask When we ask for you to come, we're asking for you to be manifested through our lives. We know, Lord, that you are filling us with your Spirit. That you want to release miracles. That you want to release faith. That you want to release kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. All the things that your Spirit does, we say yes to those things. Would you fill us now, fall on us with your power. Lord, we need your power and your presence in us and with us as we go through our day. Baptize us again in your Holy Spirit. Fill us to overflowing. As you're watching at home, I just encourage you to find, you know, someone that can pray for you. You can always, you know, message us here um, and we would uh, love to pray for you, but just even someone that you're watching with, just pray for each other that um and just invite god's presence together he he wants to do this in community together with us so um, don't let church go by without praying with someone it's it's just part of the privilege of community to be in relationship with other people that are filled with the holy spirit the spirit of jesus you know the the simplicity of that that jesus is with us and in us always so I bless you to be filled with his spirit as you walk through this week. Go in peace and rest in his presence. Live in the light of his presence with you. In Jesus' name, amen.